Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to episode 197 of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. I am your host, Ralph Burns. And this week, we're doing things a little bit differently. We did a very different type of show last week with a Facebook Live, myself and Molly actually fielding live questions from that Facebook Live. And uh, we're going to be doing a whole lot more of that. So we'll certainly let you know when we're going to be doing the next one so you can become a part of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. And on this week's episode, the same kind of thing, but without me, Molly has alongside her a longtime guest of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast and one of our favorite guests because he's so wicked smart. Getting my Boston there for all you guys. Andrew Tweedo. He does not talk like a Boston guy. He talks like a guy from Georgia. Anyway, he's a whole lot more fun to listen to about this kind of stuff than I am. He is going to be talking about Facebook analytics, which is this new tool that he referred to the last time he was on the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. And you'd have to go all the way back to episode 95, where he talked about Facebook's new analytics dashboard. And we in tier 11 have actually have baited this version of what he's going to be talking about here. And it's not quite as cool as it is inside your ads manager. And it's probably a tool that you haven't used yet. And if you are looking to go deep in your data and in essence, get the Google analytics for Facebook, this is going to tell you all kinds of stuff that you've probably never realized Facebook was even gathering data on and things that you can get even better results when you utilize this data to really zero in on your target audiences inside the platform itself. So Andrew's going to be talking about this extensively and how Google search, Google display, Bing ads, LinkedIn and Twitter aren't quite along for the ride yet, but you actually are going to be able to figure out which platform is having the most impact or what impact each individual ad platform has on the effectiveness of your ads. 
as you know, and we talk about this quite a bit on perpetual traffic, last click attribution is not the way to measure the effectiveness of your ads. And for those of you who think that way, you are thinking like an affiliate and thinking back like your 2014, 2015. Of course, there has not been a tool to be able to show which media platform is attributing to what action inside a platform until now. And that's, I think, one of the coolest things about Facebook analytics. Andrew's going to get into that and even a lot more info. So definitely take out the virtual notepad and take a lot of notes on this episode with Drew Tweedo and Molly. So just a quick announcement here, tier 11, the Facebook and Instagram direct response agency, which I am the lucky CEO of, is hiring. Yet again, we're expanding, continue to expand. We've doubled in size pretty much every year for the last five years. And we are looking for three ads managers, one of which we would like to have become a media buyer. Two ads managers and a media buyer. Everyone starts off buying media for tier 11 as an ads manager, but uh, we would love to have you a part of our team. If you've got the right stuff, if you've got the goods, then definitely fill out an application. Go on over to tier11.com forward slash jobs. That's tier11.com forward slash jobs. Check out our hiring page and uh, hopefully you're the right match. We'd love to work alongside you getting awesome results for our customers. So make sure you go over to tier11.com forward slash jobs and apply today. So without further ado, here's uh, Andrew and Molly on a Facebook Live that they recorded together. And we're going to be getting right into sort of the really good part here. So no intros right into the good content here. And Andrew's going to talk about this awesome new analytics platform inside Facebook. So take a listen, take lots of notes and enjoy. Okay. All right. Now to actually get going with it, the way you find this is you're going to go to business settings and business manager. And then under the account subsection, you're going to look for line of business. Sounds so professional. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I never would have thought that would be the... Yeah. What? So when you click line of business, what you'll get is in the right-hand pane, you'll see a line of business basically controls what data would flow into Facebook attribution. So once you set up a line of business, it'll say, okay, now you need to add assets to it. The assets would be the ad account or ad accounts if you have multiple pixel And then custom conversions, if you need to use a custom conversion as kind of the target of your attribution, right? What is it that we're actually measuring here? So you add those assets into the line of business. And then from there in business settings, you'll be able to click over to Facebook attribution. And then for the folks who are agency or are managing this on behalf of clients, one big, huge thing, try to get whoever owns the actual business, get them to do it in their business manager and then add you as a partner. Because if you set it up from your agency business manager, and then whatever happens and you're not working with that client anymore, or they need to offboard, you can't really give that back to them. Um, That's huge. And we've run into this a couple of times. So definitely for folks who are client-based or client-focused, it does kind of stink. I mean, it's a pain to try to kind of walk through this. Sometimes it's difficult to explain what it is that you need them to do but it's worth it in the long run because if you leave your partnership with them, they will have to start over from zero. They'll lose all the historical data, everything. Oh no. 
yeah, so this will save you a lot of problems down the road. If we are logged in as an admin of that business manager versus a partner, then we can set up for them, right? Yeah, and sometimes that's the path of least resistance to say like, hey, even just temporarily, just set me up as an admin, as, you know, as a person in your business manager. I'll configure it, then we can set up, and that way you have control over it, and you can add your agency as a partner you know, through the typical process. That avoids a lot of the problems. This is great. Once you have the line of business set up, you'll see the link that says open in Facebook attribution. Now, the first day you do this, it'll say, I can't remember the exact screens, but it's like you'll have to accept terms and conditions. And then it'll say, pretty much we're building your account, check back in a day or so. So it'll take a couple of days to get up and running. And an important thing to note here, if you have clients where you think this will be something you'll use down the road, it's better to do this now, even if it's not in, in scope that you're going to focus on this because it's only forward looking. Like there's no retro. Yeah. You need to start collecting data. Yes, exactly. So it would definitely benefit you to do it now rather than later. Yeah. And that's everybody. Just go ahead and get this set up. Even if you don't plan to do much with it right now, at least get it set up so it starts tracking. All right. So once you get all that, the line of business set up, you've kind of given it a couple of days, you'll finally be able to get into the platform. Inside settings, this is where you're going to be able to add other ad platforms, right? So once you get into there, now this part is where it gets a little kind of intimidating at first, but you'll get a modal that'll say add platforms. Now, they have a lot, like you can see here, AppNexus, DoubleClick, a lot of your programmatic, Taboola. And then the other ones that typically we end up integrating are Google Ads Search, Google Ads Display, and then Bing Ads. So those are kind of the big three that we typically do. Now, there's one drawback here that Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, basically like the other social ad platforms aren't, they're not really playing ball, so to speak. I guess makes sense, right? For competitive reasons. I mean, no offense to though, but like Twitter and LinkedIn are always like five years behind Google and Facebook, I feel too. So maybe there's not a way to do it. Can you still sort of send that data to Google Analytics and then back here into Facebook attribution? I think that they're, well, okay. So I'll say it this way. It'll still pick up if you have Twitter ads running, for example, and you're using your UTM params, that data will still show up. But what you get out of these integrations with like Google Ads search is the spend. So it automatically imports the spend so you can look at ROAS. And it also imports like impressions and some of these other things that like from a UTM perspective, you're just not going to get. So I wouldn't say you're, you're really dead in the water, so to speak, with those other platforms, but they don't have like a nice easy button like some of these other ones. It makes sense. Yeah. So what it's going to give you here to integrate is if you're familiar with Google ads in the settings, there's a place where you can add what's called a tracking template. And so in the past, what it would do would be like, all right, Molly, you click my paid search ad and you would put a URL in that field. That's like your tracking server. You know, after I click, it sends them to this other server first to record all this information about the click. And then they go to your landing page. Okay. The way it works now, it's parallel, right? So they do two requests. If you click a Google paid search ad, you go straight to the landing page. And then in the background, they send a big data payload to whatever URL you put in those settings. So for Facebook attribution, what that records is, okay, 
impression data, click data around like which campaign the person clicked from, what keyword they were clicking based on, all that good stuff. So again, sorry, I know it's not like super clear. This is great. And the benefit here is, you know, a lot of people are running Google and Facebook ads, and it can be sometimes hard to see how those are playing off of one another. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think like most businesses probably focus on those, you know, it's like Google ad search, maybe you're running some YouTube through Google ads and then Facebook. So this is a great solution for that. Awesome. I love it. All right. So again, I can't believe more people don't have this set up. I mean, Andrew, you're like ahead of the curve, but I really haven't seen anyone else set this up in the detailed way that you have. Like this is a huge opportunity for all of us. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe Facebook's still kind of trying to slow play it a bit because there's a big feature that I'll talk about at the end. I don't think it's wide release yet, but all right. So back to your problem of trying to explain to clients, like the client would say, well, I feel like Facebook over reports. And then you say, well, Google analytics under reports. And then you're just kind of stuck in this weird middle ground where it's like, well, we both know we're wrong and we'll just agree to disagree. The solution that they're coming out with would help you find incremental impact. I'll come back to that. But once you get all your, your platform set up and you know, use 80-20 here, like there's always going to be some weird third-party buying display software that doesn't integrate. Again, like the, the big thing is to get it going early and just get as much as you can integrated. But once you do kind of get over that hump, it'll take about, I don't know, give it like two weeks or so to get enough data to really pull meaningful reports because what's critical in here, much like Ads Manager, is the attribution window. So, you know, from the point, uh, how are we going to marry the activity to what gets credit for what? So you get a a ton of options here, which is good, uh, especially for folks, you know, that are out on this side. You know, maybe you have a long sales cycle, an expensive product. Maybe your product's newer to market where research and top of funnel is super critical. So you have way more options for attribution window. And then... Aside from that, and I'm sure there'll be like questions around this, but the second part is the model, right? So these are your really your two big levers that you can pull the window. You can figure that out and and I'll talk a little bit more about how to get to that. But then the model is everything in Facebook attribution right now that's widely available is rule-based. So what that means is there's really no right answer in short. And you're trying to kind of proxy the truth based on the customer journey, right? So in this attribution model, right, you can change these on the fly. So that's one thing to know. You don't have to lock into anything here. But uh, just to kind of give an idea, right? So last click or visit, this is what you're going to get out of GA and Facebook Ads Manager. So what this says is 100% of the credit for the conversion will go to the last click. And this is sometimes a great thing to do to reconcile like when you first get set up like all right well let's look at this data from facebook attribution and compare it to what google analytics says now again there's a difference because ga won't have the cross device but just to give you an idea this is kind of what you're probably used to we tend to use these two more than any especially if you are selling a product that's not ubiquitous right if you're selling a product that is newer to market or you have a a new spin on the solution that you're offering because what this says is, okay, positional 30% says 
I'm going to assign 30% of the credit for the conversion to the first touch point. Then I'm going to assign 30% of the credit for the conversion to the last touch point. And then whatever's left over, so the leftover 40% will get spread evenly amongst the intermediary touch points, right? So what that would mean in action is it gives a much more fair shake to your top of funnel. I don't know. Does that, does that make sense? Of course. Sense? Absolutely. What's the difference between that and even credit? So even credit will just blanket, say, say you sell the product to the person for a hundred bucks, right? And before they purchased, they had five sessions or five visits. And let's say they were like three were Facebook, two were Google. So Facebook will get even credit. So we have five total touch points. That means each touch point gets 20% of the credit for that conversion. So it varies depending upon how many visits the user took. But at the end of the day, every touch point, whether it's the first visit, second, third, fourth, or last, they all are going to get the same conversion weight or credit for that conversion. Yeah, does that... Yeah, um, absolutely help? makes sense. Okay, so, cool. So when would you use even credit instead of positional? Like what are your, are those sort of your top two go-tos, I would assume? Yeah, I mean, even credit's good. The time decay ones are actually really good too. If, will you explain those a little bit too, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. So the time decay ones factor in the lag between the ad click or the ad based visit and the conversion. So depending upon how, not necessarily the sequence, but the chronological order in which the touch points occur, the ones that are closer to the conversion will get more credit. And then it slowly, so kind of like the little ramp up you see here, the last touch point is going to get the most credit. And then the most recent one before that will get a little bit less credit and so forth. But the one in seven day dictate kind of almost a cutoff. You know what I mean? So I don't use those as much, but I think for people who have maybe a product that they're drop shipping or it's more of a commoditized product, you know, the market is fully aware of the product. It's a pretty straightforward sales process. You could use time decay, try both. I mean, I think one day's a, I don't know, a bit limiting, but time decay seven or even credit could work. Awesome. And again, there's no right answer. So this is as much art as science, I guess. And if you rely on your own knowledge of kind of how the customer journey goes, personally, I don't think you can really go wrong with any of these aside from last touch and last click. And P30, Which P40. Which is why we're doing this, <laughs> to get yeah. away from that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, it's hard to give like a really good, like if this, then that. But I will say P30, P40, I love those. I think those are really good options. Even I love if that you have names for them already. Right. And what do you recommend on the like 28-day, 7-day impressions? What do you recommend over there on the left? Yeah, good question. So... One report that will be useful to help you with both of these, I think, is in Google Analytics. If you go to, I think it's under conversions, multi-channel funnel, there's two reports. One is time lag report, right? So how long until the conversion in terms of time. And then another is path length to conversion. So what this will tell you is for all of your purchases or whatever you choose in the drop down there, whatever your conversion event is, how long does the journey typically take? So that will help you pick these. But for attribution window, we had started like 
one of the clients that we work with has a more expensive product. They're kind of uh, newer. Uh, it's a newer concept. So we started with a really wide window, 90 day click and 90 day impression. So we just started at the max and then we worked kind of backwards from there because. And I would say that would give you the most data. Yeah, for sure. The one thing it will do is that one will bias towards the channels that you have integrated, right? Because the only places you're going to have impression data from will be Facebook out of the box. So Facebook, Instagram, any of their placements. And then if you integrate Google ads through their kind of process, you'll have impression data there. Now then for other channels where you don't have impression data, that 90 day impression window is kind of generous or it biases towards the channels you have integrated. So I think a good rule of thumb is, you know, just remember like the impression thing is, I think it's tough to give a, a solid answer, but 30 day click, one day impression. I mean, we've started using this option here at the top, seven day click, four hour impression. And the reason is I'll, I'll show in a second. Once we got access to that feature, I was kind of, mentioning the data-driven attribution where you don't select any rules, you don't pick anything. What Facebook does is they look at, and Molly, you'll probably really get a kick out of this. So have you used the uh, lifts? Brand lifts? lifts, yeah. Yeah, and like the split tests where they're doing holdout groups for you and so forth. Yes. What they do is they take all the results from those split tests that people are running and they categorize them and this might be slightly wrong, but the general concept is correct that they take all of that data they have around split tests and they look at the vertical, the price point of what you're selling. They basically try to line you up with split tests that people have run for similar products, similar customer journeys, et cetera. And then they look at the incrementality from the split tests and say, okay, we're going to map that to your results and tell you what they're trying to answer is had you not run this campaign, what would happen? Interesting. Uh, I had no idea they were able to monitor that from the advertiser side. That's mind blowing. I mean, I'm not surprised, right? <laughs> but wow. It'll say, well, what you thought your Facebook results were with your model that you've chosen, like over here, positional 30, says that you should get 13% of credit for all conversions. But what data driven is saying is you actually should get 11%. And you can break it down by campaign. You can break it down by Instagram versus Facebook. Wow, so this is showing you what they think the discretion is there. Yes, exactly. Wow, this, this is hugely helpful. Yeah, yeah, this is the big... Holy uh, crap. <laughs> is this coming to account soon? Yeah, from what they were telling us... So there's two parts of Facebook attribution that you might not see in the custom report section. So it'll give you a more detailed like table, almost like what you see in ads manager of like, oh, I can sort, add columns, all that. There's a second part to it where you can download the reports and, and set up on a schedule, right? I want to schedule this report for this model using these model types, this attribution window and these options and to have like a, you know, more of a full-fledged reporting interface. Right. I didn't even realize this, but they say that's not really widely available yet. So if you don't have the ability to download reports, I know it really kind of dampers the, the utility, but that I think for sure is coming wide release. But from a mathematical standpoint and from like a probabilistic standpoint, I think the data-driven thing is so important because 
a lot of the criticism or the doubt from, especially from clients or from internal, you know, if you work in a marketing organization. Or just us just wanting good data, you know, like right. us just wanting to know what's right. Um, yeah, exactly. They're like, well, I, I can't really trust that. Well, this is, it's Facebook and they have to keep their proprietary stuff hidden. But aside from the fact that you can't see the actual modeling being applied, this is a fairly sound approach, I would say, you know, to like deriving incrementality, which is really what we're after. Like, had I not done this, had I not run this campaign, how much would my results have been impacted? And Drew, what's necessarily the difference between Facebook analytics and this attribution product? Yeah, sure. So Facebook analytics is more comparable to like Google analytics, right? So you have a lot of different report types. You can do funnels. Okay. That's, that's what John had beta access to a few years ago. I confused these two products. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, No, it's understandable. They all have the same initials like FBA. Everything is FBA. Uh, (laughs) But sorry. So the analytics is more like Google analytics and this is more what now? Facebook analytics is more open-ended. Like you have different report types. You can kind of change things on the fly, export reports. And whereas Facebook attribution is like purely focused on the objective that you set. So Facebook attribution is really only geared towards cross-channel view, how to distribute credit. Whereas FBA's or Facebook analytics is going to give you different reports and, and so forth. But right. Facebook analytics will tell you like more about your, from what I found more about your audience sort of, and like the overview, right. Of what's going on. Attribution is more about assigning credit to certain traffic sources, which is brilliant and what we actually all need. Like this is so valuable because, and I've talked about this in a, in a lot of videos here in team traffic, but most media buyers launch a campaign, they wait three days, then they make that decision. Am I going to turn it off or am I going to keep scaling? And I understand that because people don't want to waste money. But if you're looking at a report like this, it would allow you to see a bit longer into the future. And this is something that Boris and I talk about in this month's Watch Me Work video. He called it the halo effect. But they're always, you know, Ezra and and Boris for, for Boom, they're always keeping in mind that there are people that take a month to buy, that take 60 days to buy. And although they want to be direct response performance media buyers in the moment, they also have to logically look ahead so that they can you know, scale in any form or fashion. Yes, exactly. And there's two in Facebook analytics, they don't call it like in Google analytics, right? If you want to segment people, so it's called the segment tool, but in Facebook analytics it's called filters. So one thing I will say here to be careful about event source groups and business settings are a lot like line of business is to Facebook attribution. Like That's like my SAT prep. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I need a I need a workbook on this, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what the event source group says is what data do you want us to consider inside Facebook Analytics? So if you need to narrow it down, like you're saying by channel. There's a couple ways that you can do that. Right. But, or you could look at it all channels and know what to project from your media as a whole. That's amazing. How do they know the expected value over time? Is it based on previous data with other companies? This is only retroactive. They're not going to give you any prediction. So it's only backwards looking. 
Yeah, and that was my mistake to sort of say project, but right. using this data so that you can look back, say you look back on the last two months, right? You can see how the value increased over time, right? And that's probably pretty standard for your business. I wouldn't say that changes a lot unless you change your strategy or you launch like really different ads from what you're currently doing. Correct me if I'm wrong. So using this look back data to say, okay, this is how my value, my customer value essentially increases over time, typically from new users, from Facebook, Google, altogether, whatever. Okay, now when I'm launching new campaigns, I can use this to inform myself, okay, this is normally how my people behave, right? Do you have anything else? To, is that correct? That's sort of how I saw this. Yes, you're 100% right. And that thing that ties it up nicely where the benefit is kind of twofold. Number one, I know in general, like if I'm using the cumulative value based approach from a media buying perspective, I have an investment and then there's has to be some expectation of a payback period, right? Like how long am I willing to wait to break even or to make some amount? Now week zero says like the, going back to our example, if we know that new users are worth, so like we have a new user cohort, week one or week zero as they call it. So days zero through seven, that's seven bucks, or I'm sorry, $1 expected value per new user. I know that in ads manager, you know, again, this isn't channel specific, but overall I can't expect to make $10 per user back within that for seven days. So it helps us understand like number one, like you said, over time this way. So like, as you pull more historical data, like how is the new user value overall changing over time? One of our clients in particular, like we're really focused on this because they're a newer company. And this is like one of the main things we look at week to week, just to get a barometer on from a marketing perspective, how well are we doing to drive value over time? And what you want to see is that this number increases as you go down, right? right. Because this might be the February 1st cohort. Well, then what about people who came to the site on uh, February 7th through 14th and Feb 15th through 20 and so forth, right? And as you go down, it's like, okay, this is saying that for week zero, day zero through seven, that maybe back here in, at the beginning of February, they were worth a buck, but now they might be worth $1.50 or $1.70. And just seeing how that changes over time and then going horizontal, it tells me how long should I expect to get paid back? And then if you're doing manual bidding, it'll help you understand those dynamics too. How much should I bid? Because this will tell you what that visitor's worth. So an ads manager, it doesn't really matter what type of campaign it is. It's just, if it's the last campaign they interacted with or clicked, then it's going to get all the credit. And also in Facebook ads manager, it won't incorporate any effects of other channels. So retargeting, yeah, now from an attribution standpoint, again, it goes back to your rule set, right? So you're retargeting stuff in a, like a positional 30% model. It's either going to come in in the middle or as that last touch. So you're still going to get a fair shake, but you'll get a lot better view of how well top of funnel is really working in Facebook attribution, I should say. Some of the basic stuff is hard to do right now but you can uh, work around it with a little bit of like tagging ingenuity, I would say. I can't even tell you like how crazy it is. Even companies like if you landed your dream client, the big, huge company, and you went in there 
I would say never assume that the tagging is right because a lot of times what happens, especially at bigger companies, is they hand off the requirements to a developer who doesn't have any marketing knowledge. understanding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're going to go look at the docs and do the bare minimum or what they think, but they might be in the wrong spots. Like they're probably like it's coded correctly. It's just they might be in the wrong spots. Yeah. No, that, that's it. That's <laughs> it. There's business level improvements that could be made, even though there's no like coding errors. Right. So number one, that, but number two, yeah, that cohort report's pretty cool. I like that one in Facebook analytics. I think that's probably the best place to start because it's really hard to find pure new user profiles in other tools. Again, because of the cross device people-based measurement that Facebook has, there's a breakdown report. So you can do, um, for example, if there's an event that you're firing on your site and you want to know I'll give you an example. This will make it much clearer. One site we have has chat as a, a major channel, just like an on-site chat. When there's a chat session that occurs, we fire a tag to show, okay, a chat session started. That's so it, smart. Yeah. And then in the parameters, we pass what rule fired the chat. So like we have a lot of automated rules that would prompt you to chat. You've probably seen this before. Like, uh, you're shopping around and all of a sudden it says, hey, do you need, do you need some help? Or like, do you want to chat with a, a specialist? So there's different rules set up based on like how long you spend on the site, uh, yada, yada, yada. We capture what rule fired, what page they're on. And I guess that's pretty much it. But we want to break that kind of event down by the parameter values, which is not really easy to do anywhere else. Like I want to know, for oh, one thing we do is like we would capture like a disposition. If they start to chat, they're going to need to set what type of question they have. And so we capture that in the event. They might say oh, it's sales or it's support. That's a big, like they're trying to figure out how to better run a chat channel. They need to know what percent are sales related inquiries, what percent are support. So the breakdown report will help you with that. And even in Facebook analytics, there's a report type called events. And that one's really cool because you can do the same thing with break it down by your parameters or whatever graphical or in a table. So I would say one thing to keep in mind is that if you import purchases from offline events and you also import or you fire purchases through your pixel, you want to be really careful with your filters in Facebook analytics because a lot of times those will, will be duplicative. If you're importing Shopify. Yeah, there's orders, no way for Facebook to know that. Right. And I, I asked them about like, would you be able to dedupe it if we pass like an order ID into like in the pixel side, we pass it in the, like in the parameters. And then on offline events, we pass it as a field. And they were kind of like, um, for now, best is just try to be careful with your filters. I do agree with you though, that if they do use offline event sets, the more, the better. If they have an app that's using the Facebook SDK, you can pull those events in. So the more, the better, as long as you're comfortable with the data, like you kind of know you can trust it. Awesome, Andrew. You probably need to go. <laughs> you got oh, a business good. to run. So reach out to Andrew if you need his help in terms of if you want him to set this up or do consulting with him through funnelboom.com. He's also a part of team traffic. So feel free to tag him here in the group. And Andrew, I feel like this is the first of many webinars here that we're going to be doing. 
I've never met anyone that understands this stuff quite like you do. So thank you so much for sharing. And even though it's not dry, as I think you feel, it's so interesting. I mean, you just opened us up to a whole new place inside of this Facebook attribution product where we can get better data and that makes us better marketers. So thanks again for coming on. Anything else you want to say? No, I don't think so. Uh, Yeah, thank you. I love talking about this kind of stuff anytime and and I'm happy to come back whenever and focus on specific topics. So really appreciate it. So I hope you enjoyed that with Drew and Molly. It's amazing to me that this analytics platform has evolved to the point where you can now assign credit to certain traffic sources. This is a big, big deal, guys. And I know that they talk about that quite a bit in today's recording. But the point is, is that you want to take advantage of these types of platforms, these types of analytics to get the best results for yourself or for your customers or whatever it is that you're doing, whatever your objective is specifically on the Facebook ads platform. And of course, all the references and all the resources mentioned in today's show, you can go over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 197. And make sure if you're interested in applying for our ads manager positions at tier 11 and work right alongside myself and our awesome virtual team, then check out tier11.com forward slash jobs and apply for an ads manager role right there on the site. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. Until next week, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to get your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.